the community podcast where Savannah and Adamsville, Tennessee meets northern Indiana and southwestern lower Michigan. Welcome to Roaring Light. Combining news and weather from news source one Michiana with great independent Christian music from Roaring Light Radio. Get ready. News and weather is next. This is the latest news headlines in 60 seconds with Alan Edwards. Only the Great Recession in the mid-2000s and the COVID-triggered contraction in 2020 will rival the downturn expected this year, the World Bank said Tuesday. The World Bank joined the chorus of voices fretting over the potential for a global recession in 2023. More than 7,000 nurses at hospitals in New York City began a strike over contracts Monday. Dangerously stormy weather continues to wallop California, drenching the drought-stricken state with sudden near and constant onslaught of rain and snow. The Department of Justice has launched a preliminary review into classified documents found at the University of Pennsylvania's Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C. More schools across the United States are putting mask mandates in place as COVID-19 cases continue to rise. That's the latest headlines in 60 seconds. I'm Alan Edwards. I'm Liz Kramer with Mission Network News. First, the world shrugs as Nigeria bleeds. The details in just a moment. And then later, teenagers in East Africa are learning how to build their future. We'll unpack that story for you in just a few minutes. But we'll begin today in Nigeria, where on Christmas Day, Islamic extremists attacked a church service in Kaduna State. The attackers drove up on motorbikes, killing one Christian and kidnapping 53. Just a week before, Fulani herdsmen killed 40 Christians and burned down 100 houses. So why didn't these tragedies appear in the headlines? Todd Nettleton with the Voice of the Martyrs USA says, In some ways, it shows how far away Nigeria is for most Americans, and particularly Americans in the media industry. But the other thing, and I think really the heartbreaking thing, is that this has become so common in northern Nigeria that if you're a news producer, it's not a story. It's it's another day in Nigeria. In 2022 alone, Fulani groups killed more than 6,000 Christians. The violence has driven 2 million people from their homes. Extremists want to control northern Nigeria, essentially splitting the country in two. A 2023 presidential election could determine the Nigerian government's response. Does that lead to more unrest? Does it lead to more violence? Who's going to be elected as the president? Who's going to lead the country? Those are huge questions for the people of Nigeria. And obviously, for those of us who care about Nigeria and care about Christians there. Join us in asking God to change hearts among the attackers. Next, a third of the world is still denied access to the gospel. The Alliance for the Unreached is a group of ministries united in a vision to bring the good news of Jesus to every people group. FMI is part of that vision, championing the cause at every opportunity. Spokesman Nehemiah says it's about working smarter, not harder. It's a beautiful fusion and combination of Great Commission and Matthew chapter 937, uh, where Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That was much, much needed. And I was always wondering how to have that kind of alliance with this organization that just bring everybody uh, on one board and one platform. Nehemiah serves as a ministry liaison for FMI. He often connects with other ministries who want to serve in countries where FMI works. FMI will then connect these other ministries with support on the ground. For instance, Nehemiah worked with another ministry to translate Bible stories into the Balochi language of Pakistan. He met them through the alliance. They're just connecting the dots uh, together. And uh, because of that organization, 
we are going to uh, reach unreached five to six million people inside Pakistan. The cause of the unreached is celebrated and prayed for on the International Day for the Unreached, Pentecost Sunday. Find your place in the story at missionnews.org. And in Ghana and Uganda, Every Child Ministries noticed a problem recently. Kids moving through their sponsorship programs lost support after becoming teens. Mark Lucky says, You start to realize that in places like um, Ghana, practically 60% of the population is under the age of 25. Um, in Uganda, it's even higher. It's about 70% of the population is under the age of 25. 15 to 25% of the population is teens whose needs are not being met. And, and many times, these kids are living in poverty. That's why ECM started the Next Step program. It helps kids move from their sponsorships to independence. ECM staff meets with the kids, finding out what they want to do next. We had one who wanted to be a teacher, for example. So we helped her to go to the teacher training college. And then she was able to complete the, the teacher training school, get a job as a teacher, and is now working to support herself and her family. Other kids went into auto mechanics and welding. Those who want to get more schooling have access to scholarships. Pray the Next Step program will help many teens across Ghana and Uganda. Ask God to strengthen them and work powerfully through their young adult lives. Thanks for listening to Mission Network News, a service of One Way Ministries. We're listener-supported by people just like you. So by giving to Mission Network News, you enable us to keep the stories of God's kingdom coming. So join us here on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also find us on Alexa, iTunes, or TWR360. Look for links at missionnews.org. I'm Ruth Kramer. Here is your dual community weather forecast. First for Michiana. Wednesday, a chance of sprinkles between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. Mostly cloudy, with a high near 49. Southeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, a 40% chance of rain, mainly after 4 a.m. Patchy fog after 1 a.m. Otherwise cloudy, with a low around 39. Southeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour becoming northwest after midnight. Thursday rain before 4 p.m., then rain likely, possibly mixed with snow. High near 42. North wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, increasing to 10 to 15 miles per hour in the afternoon. Winds could gust as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 80%. Little or no snow accumulation expected. Thursday night rain likely, possibly mixed with snow before 7 p.m., then a chance of snow. Cloudy, with a low around 31. North wind around 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 60%. New snow accumulation of less than a half inch possible. Friday a 20% chance of snow showers before 1 p.m. Mostly cloudy, with a high near 34. North wind around 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. For Savannah and Adamsville in Tennessee. Wednesday. Cloudy, then gradually becoming mostly sunny, with a high near 67. South wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight strong thunderstorms are possible through early afternoon Thursday. A slight chance of showers before 3 a.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 4 a.m. Mostly cloudy, with a steady temperature around 62. South-southwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 70%. New rainfall amounts of less than a tenth of an inch, except higher amounts possible in thunderstorms. 
Thursday showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before noon, then a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms between noon and 3 p.m., then a slight chance of showers after 3 p.m., partly sunny, with a temperature rising to near 64 by 10 a.m., then falling to around 50 during the remainder of the day. South-southwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour becoming northwest in the afternoon. Winds could gust as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 70%. New rainfall amounts between a tenth and quarter of an inch, except higher amounts possible in thunderstorms. Thursday night mostly cloudy, with a low around 33. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Friday mostly cloudy, with a high near 41. North-northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. We're on the road Following the lamp before our feet Far from home But heaven's in the eyes of those we meet Keep taking steps Walk in worship where you lead I lose my breath In awe of everything I see Cause you won't leave us, won't forsake us You're our song Far and I search wide, but nothing else will satisfy. Sing a new song, song, sing a new song, song that I'll sing, song that I'll sing, sing a new song, song, sing a new song.
Shine. 
Cause whatever my problem might be I know that I can always rely on you For you have always been there for me Somehow I'm back here again In the place where I need a hand Or just to sit quiet while you speak I wonder when I will be free Of all the things that pull at me And make me wonder if I'm unique it's not easy for me to let go It's not easy but you take me and you show I'm your child The one you died to save I'm your child I'm the reason that you came the one Nothing I have earned in this life can Put me in a place that's right Or make it easier to believe Somehow here in your love I find I've always been enough Somehow it's worth everything I'm your child
Savannah, Tennessee Community Events from the Courier. January 12 Republican Women of Hardin County 1 p.m. 2 o'clock Jan 12 to 23 Molly Mondays, 275 Eureka Street, Savannah It's a monthly meeting. Daughters of the American Revolution 1 p.m. 3 o'clock Jan 12 to 23, the Colonel Joseph Hardin Chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution monthly meeting locates in the Hardin County Library, Welch Room. Savannah Main Street meeting 5 p.m. 6 o'clock Jan 12 to 23, Savannah City Hall Courtroom. The event is open to the public beginner line dance lesson 6 p.m. 7.15 Jan 12-23 Savannah Moose Lodge, 195 Moose Lodge Loop, Savannah cost is $5, and class will be every Thursday, except December 22 on January 13, Lifeline Community Blood Drive 2 p.m. 6 o'clock Jan 13-23 First Baptist Church, 222 Watts Main Street, Adamsville. Now let's head to Miss Sylvia for Michiana Happenings. Looking for something fun to do? You can head over to the Winter Blues, which is happening on Friday, January 13th, from 5.30 to 9 p.m. in downtown Sturgis, Michigan. You can head over, enjoy some live music, ice sculpture carving, as well as some food truck vendors, and more. Let me get a chance to enjoy downtown Niles, Michigan. Take care. Here are some Martin Luther King events that are coming up in or around the local area. You can head over on Monday, January 16th to the History Museum in South Bend, as well as the Studebaker National Museum. And from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., they will be given free admission. In Elkhart, kicking off at 7.30, you can head over to the Elkhart Public Library for a free breakfast, followed by a meeting at the Civic Plaza at 9.30 to march over to the Community Baptist Church, where there will be a service at 10 a.m. with lunch to follow. Hope you get a chance to remember and enjoy some of the Martin Luther King events that are happening in and around your local area. Take care. Do you have a junior or high school student in the Michigan area? Here is an event just for you. You can attend the Elkhart Chapter of Indiana Black Expo Career College Fair and Day Party, which is happening on Saturday, January 14th from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. And it will be located at Roosevelt Elementary School, 201 West Wolf Avenue in Elkhart, Indiana. They will have live in the mix DJ Spies, over 45 vendors will be on hand, and this is a free community event, and it will feature information booths from local and national colleges, trade schools, and military, and it is being sponsored by the Elkhart Community Foundation of Elkhart County, the Indiana Black Expo, as well as Elkhart Community Schools. There will also be a TikTok video challenge, as well as a 360 event photo booth. For more information, you can email Black for more information, you can email elkartblackxpom574 at gmail.com. Once again, for more information, you can email elkartblackxpo574 at gmail.com. Take care and have a wonderful day.
Today is a good day to try. Today is a good day to be positive. Today is a good day to speak up. Today is a good day to start again. Today is a good day to reflect. Today is a good day to care. Today is a good day to love. Today is a good day. Start your today with it being good and see what amazing amazing things will follow. Rachel, take care. The rest of the story. With clenched fists, Will McLean rubbed his eyes in disbelief. His house guests, who only moments before had behaved so splendidly, were absconding with his private property. The thievery had begun innocently enough. A man named Phil had admired a small table in Will's parlor. Phil had asked, how much would you take for it? To which Will politely answered that the table was not for sale. To which the visitor promptly responded by thrusting $20 into Will's hand and walking off with that piece of furniture. Now, hold on, Will began, but no sooner had he uttered those words than another gentleman admiring another table offered $40 for that. But you don't understand, Will began. Yet before he could finish his sentence, the second table was on its way out of the house. Then Phil's brother grabbed a handsome stone inkstand. Then a man named O'Farrell took a chair. A fellow named Sharp, eyeing a lovely pair of brass candlesticks, insisted that Will accept $10 for them. But Will said, I don't want to sell my candlesticks. Glancing down, he found $10 in his hand. And glancing up again, he saw the man walking away with the candlesticks under his arm. Three of Will's remaining guests, who had found a child's doll sitting in a quiet corner, began tossing the hapless toy from one to another. When Will looked for them a second time, the three men and the doll were gone, and the looting frenzy had only begun. As Will McLean angrily flung the money in his hand to the floor, his guests continued to carry off his possessions. As some struggled removing the larger furniture, others slashed upholstery and smashed small caneback chairs and fought like tigers over the remnants. Then Will looked out the window, and to his horror, strangers were trampling his garden and ripping up flowers, and his tree, his beloved apple tree, was being attacked as though a swarm of locusts had descended upon it. The men began taking its branches, and then they lopped off the larger limbs. Then a sturdy-looking fellow seized an axe and chopped the entire tree down. And finally, when there was nothing left of it above ground, the men dug up its roots and took the roots away leaving where the tree had stood a hole in the ground deep enough to bury a tool shed. And before Will could fully comprehend what had happened, the men had fled, leaving the scene of devastation that had been his yard and the ransacked shell that had been his home. For all through the incredible conflict the history books call the American Civil War, a man named Wilmer McLean did all he could to get away from it. From the Battle of Bull Run, which was fought only a few yards from Will's house, the McLean family moved several times, attempting to steer clear of the clashing armies, until finally they settled in a sleepy Virginia village that seemed as far from the fray as one could get. And yet if Will McLean managed to elude the war itself, he had not imagined the mayhem that might follow it. For it was utterly innocently, it was almost accidentally, that Will opened his home to General Robert E. Lee for the purpose of conceding defeat to General Ulysses S. Grant. Immediately following which, Will's home, Will's property, was besieged by...
souvenir-seeking soldiers of every rank, including General Philip Sheridan himself, in a tiny town that has become historically synonymous with surrender, called Appomattox Courthouse. And now you know the rest of the story. A new survey finds a third of Americans have stopped going to church. This is truth itself. The pandemic lockdowns disrupted religious participation for millions of Americans, notes the study titled Faith After the Pandemic, How COVID-19 Changed American Religion. In the summer of 2020, only 13% of Americans reported attending in-person worship services, which increased to 27% by the spring of 2022. But the rates of worship attendance were still lower than they were before the pandemic and subsequent lockdowns. In the spring of 2022, 33% of Americans reported that they never attend religious services, compared to 25% who reported this before the pandemic. The largest declines in attendance were seen among adults younger than 50, adults with a college degree or less, Hispanic Catholics, black Protestants, and white mainline Protestants. But what about time with God other than Sunday? Another survey from LifeWay Research found that female Protestant churchgoers are more likely than men to spend time alone with God. In the survey, 65% of Protestant churchgoers said they intentionally spend time with God at least daily. 44% of participants said they spend time with God once a day, while 21% said they enjoy quiet time with God multiple times a day. Another 17% of churchgoers say they spend time alone with God several times a week, and 7% say they have quiet time with the Lord at least once a week. Truth Itself is brought to you by trainapastor.com, where Timothy Kroll is training untrained pastors around the world who can't afford training. This is being accomplished by using Dr. Woodrow Kroll's 50 years of experience in Bible and theology training. Log on to trainapastor.com to see what God is doing. That's trainapastor.com. You can see these stories and more on our website, truthitself.com. Truth Itself, news that impacts your faith, family, and country. The Public News Service Show Newscast, January the 11th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. We head first to Oregon, where an audit of community colleges there has implications for the state legislative session that started this week. More on that now from Eric Tegedoff. The report from the Secretary of State's Audit Division in December points to the need for a greater role from the commission that oversees higher education. Head of the Oregon Higher Education Coordinating Commission Ben Cannon says there have been some modest gains in completion or transfer numbers over the past decade. Although overall numbers hover around half, he notes there has been greater success for some underrepresented students of color. We are graduating more Hispanic Latino students today than at any prior time, and that's in spite of the decline in overall enrollment at the colleges over the last couple of years in particular. That's been steep. The audit says that enrollment dropped faster than most other states, both before and during the pandemic. In 2021, Oregon ranked 40th for completions, according to data from the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center included in the report. The session in Oregon slated to run through the middle of June. And tired of waiting for the city to address housing injustice, grassroots advocates in Baltimore are taking action. 
Activists are taking on housing injustice on multiple fronts, with attempts to push back against imminent domain abuse, shedding light on ineffective tax incentives, and confronting the city over residential tax sales. Organizers in Poppleton, a predominantly black neighborhood in West Baltimore, mobilized a citywide coalition that staged rallies, packed public hearings, and collected over 5,000 signatures to save homes from destruction. The group reached an agreement with the city to save 11 historic alley houses on Sarah Ann Street which will be renovated in partnership with Black Women Build. Journalist Jessel Knorr has been covering the issue and says these initiatives are helping build communities. Groups like Black Women Build, they train specifically Black women. They train them and give them the resources to rehab homes that they can then live in. And it allows them to not only make it livable, but make it part of a thriving community. I think that is the kind of solution that people are looking to expand. There are 15,000 vacant and deteriorated houses in Baltimore City. Brett Pivato reporting. Meantime, relentless rains that started falling on Sunday have flooded parts of Los Angeles and led to the evacuation orders of nearly 50,000 residents across California as rivers continue to rise and mudslide fears grow. That from the New York Times. They report at least 17 people have died since storms began pounding the state in late December. Seven more inches of rain could fall in many parts of California over the next several days. This is Public News Service. Nurses are describing bleak conditions because of understaffing in Washington State hospitals. A bill introduced in Olympia aims to address that. The so-called safe staffing standards legislation would set minimum nurse-to-patient ratios for hospitals. Dana Robinson has been a nurse in hospital settings for 17 years, now working in labor and delivery in Everett. Most of us that are still at the bedside have reached our breaking point already, but we're staying because we care about our patients and our community and we see that there's nobody else. A similar measure introduced in 2022 passed the House but failed in the Senate. Now to Virginia, where the General Assembly there begins a new session. One bill will be returning with the goal of alleviating some student debt burdens. People need their transcripts to get financial aid, serve in the U.S. military, apply to another school, or sometimes to get a job. Several states have already banned schools withholding student transcripts, and this isn't the first time it's come up in Virginia. In 2022, a bill passed in the Senate but failed in the House. State Senator Ghazala Hashmi, who drafted it, describes the change in the new version. What is changing in this particular bill now is that it is putting in place the payment plan that institutions can put in repayment agreements with the student. She adds the bill will include a compromise to allow students to have access to a partial transcript should they transfer schools. Much of the opposition has come from colleges and universities, saying the only leverage they have to pursue college debt is by withholding transcripts. But backers of the idea say the schools can't recoup those debts if people don't have the chance to get jobs. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. A report for the State Council of Higher Ed for Virginia fines for withholding those transcripts for debt resolution can be harmful to students looking to pay down their debt. Finally, Mike Bowen lets us know it's been two decades since Minnesota stopped allowing undocumented people to apply for a driver's license. But there's renewed momentum in the state legislature there to roll back that restriction. A House panel heard testimony yesterday for a driver's licenses for all bill. The idea has seen heavy debate in recent years, but hasn't been able to pass under split state government. Its supporters feel their chances are better now, with Democrats controlling the governor's office and legislature. 
Community organizer Regina Olono-Vidales spoke in support of the plan, saying that in college, it was a barrier for her and other undocumented students. People like us live in fear every day, just from going to work, to class, to go get groceries, you name it. Other supporters who testified included business groups, faith leaders, and members of law enforcement. Some note it would provide stability to Minnesota's labor force. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Here is on radio stations big and small, your favorite podcast platform. Find your trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, the uncompromising words of one of the world's leading humanitarian aid chiefs about the repression of women in Afghanistan. Jan Egerland is a former Undersecretary General of the United Nations. Today, he runs the Norwegian Refugee Council. It has been one of the principal sources of humanitarian assistance in Afghanistan, but has now shut its operations down after the Taliban said its female staff, along with those employed by other NGOs were no longer permitted to work. So Mr Egerland is in Kabul trying to get the Taliban to change their minds. Without our female colleagues, we cannot work. We will not work. We are not able to provide for the women of Afghanistan. But we would also not be a principal employer if we agreed to this. We are not giving aid to the hundreds of thousands of people we serve here in Afghanistan. And it's raining, it's snowing, it's miserable. And not to give them aid is so painful for us. He's had a series of talks with Taliban officials since he arrived on Sunday and has secured support for his campaign from several foreign embassies in the Afghan capital. But there is no sign yet that the Taliban are ready to capitulate putting more than two million Afghans who have relied on aid from Mr Egerland's organisation at risk. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. I invite you right now to just close your eyes and imagine Jesus singing this to you. Your work, the blood that was shed, 
Nigga waited all my life for this God told me he was coming to fight for this He knew no sins made to be sin So I could be clothed in righteousness Before he formed me and a woman knew me Double with the dumb neck I'm just trying to pursue me Why can't I just prevent it I'm painful through me Bread for the Holy Ghost place to consume it So we have the crossroads I gotta believe he will die in the low Beast fall with a peace fall so we pull I pray that it would never where the we go Overseas and in the Middle East Darkest fleas when I get on my knees Beat my life and my salvation Chose to the and I'm in a bubble peace I'm a trailblazer And I wanna see the Lord
Good afternoon. Good evening. New Source Wonders, Today, our devotional, we're going to look at pause and what it means. Psalms 19, verse 14 says, May these words in my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Have you ever considered what it means to take five and pause in everyday life activities? Sometimes we all need that pause where we need to learn to say no to things that we don't necessarily need. A lot of times we're quick to say yes, but we we don't think about everything that comes involved with it. We're always saying yes. I know, I was, I, I was like that. I was saying yes to everything. Just recently, I started saying no to certain things. There comes a time place where we need to take a break when our schedule gets overpacked. There for a while, it was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday activities. I was going straight through it. And then there was yeah, one, and then there's steering team you know, I was going through, and all this stuff that I'm doing throughout the week. That I almost forgot to take that five. We may think that we need to be on the go, but we also need to take a break. Just recently, with me on one one if my work is on a break for a week, I'm taking that week off on Michigan one one Last year, I took two weeks off at the holiday time. And so that's one last thing. That's how you pause. Recently, I was asked to do a sermon on lament, and I said no. Because I knew that I'd have trouble with that sermon. It's taking a pause from that. We all need to learn to take pauses from doing too much. Doing too much overstimulates you. It can cause crazy. So we're looking at what it means to pause. We can learn that we need to maximize our time, which means we need to figure out what we can do to eliminate that crazy of always saying yes. It could be that we're taking 20 minutes a day of just doing nothing. Just sitting there in quiet, taking a walk. And that's realistic if you live by yourself. But if you have kids, you kind of cannot find that 20 minutes. Maybe it's getting up 20 minutes earlier and have that 20 minutes for yourself. Maybe it's taking half an hour of your time a day just thanking the Lord and we just need to pause. We need to learn that we need to pause in the craziness of our schedule. If you look at your schedule in a week and you see you have so much to do, but there's no time, there's not enough time in the day to do everything you want, but there is time to pause. Maybe it's locking yourself in the bedroom and just sitting quiet and letting whoever's in the house cry it out. Realistically, that's not a good thing to do, but realistically, we could do that. <coughs> Maybe we need to take a break. That would be take that break. One day a week, absolutely do nothing. It could be difficult. Do a lazy cooking day where you just find leftovers, make sandwiches, something. You don't have to open up that stove. 
you don't have to open up for yourself. Just take a break. Maybe it's one hour a day. You're coming home and doing nothing. Taking that 25 minute nap. Look at your schedule and see what can I cut out that I'm saying yes too often to. That's tricky, but it, it does help when you say no. And when you start somewhere by starting small, figure it out through your daily life. Is there something that I can give up that I don't have to do so much of? Maybe you're volunteering. <clears throat> so I'm volunteering for an online newscast, but you're doing so many days a week. Take one day where you say, no, I don't need to do that. No explanation. Learn to say no. Maximize your time throughout the week. <clears throat> Take a break and start somewhere small. A ways that we could learn to figure out how to take time to pause. We go day by day in this crazy end of the world. We forget that we need to pause. It is hard to pause sometimes depending on your situation. If you have kids, it is difficult to pause. But you can practice that's why your time where you can wake up 20 minutes earlier. Send the kids to bed 30 minutes earlier, if that's practical for you. Maybe it's find a babysitter you trust to watch the kids for an hour where you're by yourself. Realistically speaking, realistically, we all need to find time to pause, but we get caught up in the trance that it's not okay when you keep going. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to take a five minute break or five minute pause throughout your day. <clears throat> Whatever that looks like for you throughout the week. I know for me, I do have time I can pause each week. Days where I'm not doing nothing. I don't have activities every day, but there are days where I have activity every day and it gets overwhelming. Society says you need to be active in everything, but that's not the case. We need to slow down. Slow down and figure out what's going on. Just take the time to slow down and figure out what you need to do in your life to get that rest this year. Each year, I come up with the word of the year. <clears throat> this year, the word of the year will be pause. We have to pause in our life and just sit down, take a break and pause. We need to figure out what we need to do, whether it's not doing so much. Maybe it's just you need to relax. Find the me time. What is your me time? Let go, let die. Four steps I mentioned in this devotional was maximize <clears throat> your time. That simply means figure it out what you can do throughout the week that doesn't require much. It could be that you're taking a day of nothing. Yes, you still gotta do your daily activities, but maybe you're taking a day where you're not doing nothing. Maybe you're not cooking that day, you're doing leftovers, you're doing something simple. Maybe it's taking a day where you do stuff with just with your kids. You do nothing but it's a kid day. You spend time with them kids. <coughs> you can do that. Find ways to let go and let God. Practice saying no. 
Learn to say no. Not everything needs to be a yes. Take time to consider it. If you know you can't do it, say no. Take a break. Find that balance between work, life, and school. And whatever your circumstances are, we all have different circumstances. I don't know what you do during the day, but most of us work. Most of us have a family. But we still have time throughout the day where we can take that time. We just got to find a balance for that. Take a break. Take a break from something that you do throughout the week. Do you have to go to every activity throughout the week? If it's something that you can skip, skip it. And start somewhere, start small. We need to start somewhere. We need to start small. So the first thing you can do to pause is to take a break. Maybe today you need to take a five minute break. Five minute break from anything. Maybe it's you need to crank up that music, your favorite song for five minutes and no care in the world. Just crank it up so you can tune everybody out. Maybe you need to pray to God for five minutes. That's a good way to take a break. So as we go out throughout this year, remember to pause and take a break when you need to. Take a break and pause. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Take care and have a wonderful week. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and